Job chapter 1, starting with verse 6. It says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? That there was none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will not, or he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for how it speaks to us today. And Lord, as we, as we make a focus on contentment, as we're going into a time of Thanksgiving, into a time of Advent, Lord, the holidays are quickly approaching. Father, help us to be content in your word. Help us to be content in who you are. We ask this in your most holy name. Amen. Let's stop this morning. I think to be thankful, we first need to be content. Don't you agree? That wherever you're at in life, it's hard to be thankful if you're not content. You know. And so this morning as we're talking about being happy where we're at, finding contentment where we're at, we need to learn to live in that contentment. Not just say we're happy, that we're, that we're blessed. And, and the way that we can do that, I, I believe, and I... Stay with me this morning. There's three people I want us to look at in this story. There's three folks that we see popping up. The first is Job. Now, if you've been coming to church very long, you know the story of Job, right? Job was a very blessed man. He had everything. He was righteous. Wasn't perfect, but he was righteous. He sought after God. And then he loses everything. And he gets bad advice from his friends. His wife tells him to to dry up and die and curse God, right? He has boils all over his body is what we're told. He's afflicted everywhere. But yet never once in the story do you see Job turn his back on God. And the reason is is because Job walked with God. Job was, when we say he's righteous, we mean that he sought after God. And he knew that God was good. And so he continued to follow God even though everything else was falling apart. Now, in this time of, of turmoil in our nation, in this time of, uh, of uh, you know, going through sickness maybe, maybe you dealt with COVID already, it's no fun. Everything's getting shut down. There's fear running rampant. <laughs> there's, uh, there's people even saying that it's all just a hoax, right? We got all the gamut here. I'm not picking on anyone this morning. But here's what I do want us to understand, that through all of this, our hope ought to be found in God. Through all of this. Now, how blessed was Job? Well, we know that Job was, he had, he had a big family. Now, just in the, the preceding verses, after, after you read that, what we just read, you read where his, and all his kids were killed. We read where a majority of his servants were killed. There were a few left. The only servants left were the ones that come back and said, hey, this happened. He loses all his, all his, his animals. 
They were all killed. There's, there's a tornado. I guess that he lived in Oklahoma, apparently. But you see here where all of this happens to Job. But he never turns his back. Some of y'all are like, well, he lost animals. Whoop-de-doo. Some of y'all wish you would lose some animals, right? Maybe you got an old dog you wish would just not be there anymore. Maybe you're tired of your cows. Maybe you're tired of your horses. You're just, you know, feed bills can get expensive. I know this year we're not showing animals, and so I kind of got a raise, you know. <laughs> it's like we're taking a year off, and it's like kind of got a raise this year. But understand that the, when we read in Scripture, particularly in the life here of Job, that when we're talking about his possessions, his possessions, he, it wasn't just inconveniences. That was his wealth that God had blessed him with. That was his blessing. When you, when you read about oxen, I don't want you just to think, well, he's got an oxen. Some of you are like, well, what's an oxen, right? But oxen, he didn't just possess oxen. Oxen also pointed the fact that he was a tiller of the ground, that he was a farmer. So he's not just rich in that he has oxen, but he's also producing crops, right? Uh, we read on through there that he loses like camels. And, and camels at the time, they were known as the ships of the desert, that camels meant that he was trading with other people. So he's not just a, a person who owns animals, but he's also a farmer who produces crops, who trades with other people. So you, you guys get the picture. He has a lot of wealth. And also, if you're reading through there, you read, you pick up the, the truth in that he lived in a city, which is different for a lot of our, our fathers of the faith. In other words, he, had, he, was, he was very secure where he was at. If you, t- if you talk about Abraham, Abraham, he was blessed in the same way. But Job actually had a big fancy house in a city. He was a city boy, I guess. But here we see where he's a blessed man. He has all of this that's, that, that, that God has given him. His name, I think, is interesting. If you look at the Arabic word meaning for his name, it means to return or to repent. That's interesting, isn't it? I think we see in, in him a person who has repented, someone who trusts in God. If you look at the Hebrew word that signifies his name, it, it also means that he was greatly tried. Oh my goodness. Was he not tried throughout his life? Some of you are like, I've never read the story. Well, go home and read it, and you'll see. Yes, he was greatly tried. He, he, he went through a lot of stuff. It's interesting, in Scripture, a lot of folks, their names signified what they were going to go through later on. One example that kind of sticks out to me was a man by the name of Abel. Abel was a man who, uh, well, he died, right? (laughs) His brother killed him. But Abel's name meant herder of sheep or feeder of sheep. Uh, Lines up right with his life, right? He, He raised livestock. What's your point in that, Daniel? My point is this morning is that you will never go through any difficulty that God hasn't prepared you for. Does everybody hear that? Every difficulty that you go through in life, God will prepare you to go through it. Their names were significant because God had prepared them to go through that time. Our man Job this morning, he repented. He followed God. He was a person who went through hard times. But guys, the thing is, is that if you read through the entire story of Job, Job is a man who in the end is continually blessed of God. And he never turns his back on God because he realizes that God is there with him. Even when his wife said, you know, just curse God and die. I think we all could agree he probably had some times of doubt. I don't think that Job was perfect through all of this. 
but overall, he trusted in God. So when I look at the life of Job, I think you and I need to, to, to kind of model our lives after his testimony. We need to be people who are grateful. We need to be people who trust in God. We need to be people who, even though the worst things may happen to us, you may lose everyone around you. This, this pandemic may be far from over. Have you ever thought of that? The United States of America may not last. I'm not being political. I'm just saying, what if, what if everything that we know, and everything that we have known since we were small children, what if all that changes? Churches change, but look at us. We're still here. We're still proclaiming the gospel. Last week, I was amazed. We, we posted the sermons online and podcasts. Our numbers were up. There's people hearing the gospel the church is doing its work. But it's not because we're all powerful. It's not because of your pastor. It's because the gospel is going forth. And wherever it goes, it's going to change lives. We need to continue to be like Job, to, to give our lives to God. And even if the things get really bad, we understand that God's still good and he's still there with us. And so we continually fall upon him. So we have this picture of Job. Everybody kind of got a picture of who Job is this morning. He's a good and righteous man. He's lost everything, but yet he loves God. The second person I want us to look at this morning is this guy by the name of Satan. <laughs> Y'all ever met Satan before? Don't go talking about exes or anything like that, okay? Satan uh, is first mentioned in this book by name. He, he, he's not mentioned before. I mean, he's there, right? We know he's in, he's in the Garden of Eden, and, and he tempts, and he does all this. He, he, he's never let up. It's not like he just shows up on the scene here. But, but in that first verse we read where it said that the sons of God had, had came before the Lord. And this is a whole other study. I, I would really like to get into this at some point this year. But uh, the idea of what are angels and what do angels do. And you, you see where all the angels are before God, and it's like they're reporting. What is, what is an angel? Well, an angel is someone who is a messenger of God. They're, they're going before God and reporting what's going on. And Satan shows up, right? And here's where we first see his name. And this idea of Satan in Hebrew, it means one who lies in wait. One who lies in wait. Someone who's an adversary, and not just someone who's against you, but someone who's an adversary, you say, in a court of law. Someone who is standing before the judge trying to find you guilty. The interesting thing about Satan is that explains him, doesn't it? He comes at us. He's, he's trying to knock us down. He is the adversary. He's not your friend. If you guys think the devil's your friend, then we need to have a talk. Because he's not. The devil is not our friend. He is our adversary. In fact, the devil himself, he uses the law of God against us. He goes before God and he may look and say, well, that person, yeah, they're yours, but then they sin and they do this and they say this and they look at this. He uses the very law against us in order to get us down. In fact, today I believe the devil goes and he tries to make us feel bad about ourselves. He tries to knock us down. You see where we can lose our contentment with our, with our place in life if we listen to him? Now, let me, let me say this. We are sinners. We are worth nothing. But God views us as his own. When we accept God as our, our, as our Savior, when, he, when we live that life, everything changes. All of a sudden, now we're His. And so, in a court of law, the devil may be coming against you, but you got a better judge. you got a better attorney, and his name's Jesus. Jesus is, is the one who went to the cross for your sins. His work on the cross actually made the law on our side. 
He, he went to the cross, and, and he is now our advocate against this adversary. I've been talking about the devil this morning, but understand, he may look scary, but he's nothing compared to Jesus. Y'all thought Perry Mason was awesome as, a, as, a, you know, as, as an attorney? He's nothing compared to Jesus. Even Matlock fails, and I love Matlock, right? But Jesus is that advocate for us today. He's our advocate. And so when we're looking at this story, we see Job. Job is this man. He's righteous. He's going through a rough time, but yet he trusts in God. And now you've got the devil. And the devil is out here. <coughs> and, and at verse 7 and 8, it talks about how he goes to and fro. We hear that from the New Testament too, right? The devil is, he's a roaring lion. He goes all over the earth trying to find who he can devour. And here, even in this passage of Scripture, he says, God asks him, hey, where you been, devil? Where you been? He says, I've been going to and fro. That, that picture of going to and fro, it means hurrying in a rapid pace. It means, uh, in other words, he's got a plan. He's hurrying. Have, have you ever got, been getting ready for church and you couldn't find your keys? How do you look for your keys? You, you, you've got a plan, right? <laughs> you've got a plan. I've got to get to church. And so you're hurrying at a rapid pace. You're going to and fro. You're trying to find your keys. It's this idea of, of heat of haste. In other words, you're hurrying to get something done. And guys, I want you to understand the devil is in a hurry to get your mind off of God. He's running to and fro. He's trying to figure out every way. And guys, if I look around, I can see he's doing a pretty good job today. Not only is he hurrying, but he's got you on his mind. Now that's kind of scary if you think about it. The devil has you on his mind. He purpose, purposes. God, this is what I think is interesting. There are two people, at the least, who have you on their mind. The one is the devil. Here we see where the devil knew Job, right? When God mentioned Job out of everybody on the planet, he knew who Job was. He said, well, well Job is, man, he's, he's blessed by you. Surely there's a hedge around him. You, you're protecting him. You're blessing him. He knew who Job was. And guys, I want you to understand today, Job knows who you are. Are we not blessed as well? The other person is God. God has his mind upon you. And that's the one we need to be focusing on. That's the one we need to be looking to. That God has his mind on you. In fact, God has his mind on you since before you were born. That he sent Christ to die for your sins that you hadn't even committed yet. Isn't that a blessing? And so as, as powerful as the devil may seem, he's really not that powerful. I'm so glad that God has me on his mind. That just because the devil has his heart set on us, that doesn't mean anything. Because God, God shed the blood of his heart for you and I on the cross of Calvary. So understand this morning, church. When we look at Job, even his friends said it. Job's friends said, well, maybe you've sinned and you didn't confess that sin. They had all these, you know, surely you've done something wrong in order to go through this, Job. You, you ever felt like... Something bad happens and you feel like, well, I must have done something bad. It's been 11 years since this guy right here has been pulled over by law enforcement. 11 years. This past week, I wasn't pulled over once. I was pulled over twice. Fun, right? Everybody says, well, I'm pro-law enforcement. Not when you're getting pulled over, you're not. You're not back in the blue much at that point, right? We all go through bad stuff. 
There's all, all kinds of stuff that we can go that, that's going to come against us. Does it mean we've done something wrong? Well, maybe, but a lot of times it's just because life happens. But sometimes it's because the devil's trying to get you down. Monday was a rough day for this guy, too. I hadn't even been pulled over yet. But I'm at work, and I'm like, God, why, why do you have me here? I, I, I would rather be, you know, proclaiming the gospel. I'd rather be preaching. I'd rather be, you know, doing pastor stuff. I don't want to be doing this. I, I Honestly, I'll be honest with you this morning. I did not want to be at work Monday. Last Sunday, man, our numbers were really down. So I go home, and I'm just kind of bummed out. A lot of my friends and my family are sick. It's just hard times, isn't it? It's hard times, and I wasn't very content in where God had placed me in life. And guys, I, I, I'm in my office at work, and I just pray. I shut the door. I kind of lied. I told him I got to make some phone calls. And I shut the door, and I called God. I said, God, I need some encouragement. And I kid you not, in one hour, I had four brothers in Christ call me. Not even from the church. But four brothers in Christ from around the state and all of they called me and encouraged me in my walk. Do you understand that God knows and understands what we're going through? The story I get from Job is, yeah, the devil seems bad and scary and all this kind of stuff. He's that adversary. He's going against you. He may be, be even going up to the throne of God to knock you down. But the thing is, is that he can't knock you down because God's got his hand on you. God is aware. And God loves us. And God is looking for us to, to be people who are righteous and seek after his face. Verses 10 through 12, we see where Job is just blessed. It says his substance increased so much. God had blessed him so much. The, the blessings of God had fallen on him so much that the devil didn't even really want to mess with him. I thought that's interesting. Because God was like, hey, have you considered Job? It's like he's challenging Satan here, right? I kind of prayed this week that God doesn't say, hey, have you considered Daniel? That's probably why I got pulled over twice. Thank you, Lord. It happens. But God had increased his substance. Literally, his crops, his, his blessings spread over the world like a flood. He had all kinds of good stuff going for him. But the best thing that Job had going for him was that he loved God. He loved God. And even in Satan's coming against Job, that was something that God allowed. You may be going through a rough time right now, but I want you to understand that God, God knows. God, God's in control. I, I keep hearing it said that no matter who's in the office, right, God's still in control. Do you guys believe that? Don't just say it, but believe it. It doesn't matter who's in office. Those guys don't know who we are anyways. But I know someone who does know who we are, and his name is God. He loved you so much that he sent his son, Jesus. And he empowers his church by the Holy Spirit today. The church would do well to remember the essence of who the devil is and who God is. This morning, I, I wanted us to stop and to remember who the devil is. He is our enemy. He is our adversary. But we need to think more on who God is this morning. Contentment's not found in a bank account. I saw a meme this week where it showed, uh, I think, a cat or something, and he was eating chicken nuggets, and it's like, when you see that comma in your bank account, you know, <laughs> you guys feel that way when you get a little bit of extra money, you just feel like everything's all good. Everything's all well in your world, but the thing is, we shouldn't base that on our commas in our bank account. We ought to base it on the fact that God loves us. 
And so who is God? Who is God? Well, contentment is found in knowing God. Turn to Psalm 33. We're going we're gonna to finish up what we, where we left off last week, and then we're going to wrap this up and go home. My little timer says I have eight minutes. Joni, Joni got me this, uh, this fancy iPad, and it, it keeps tabs of how long I've been preaching, so that's wonderful, right? Some of you are like, yeah, now you got eight minutes now. At eight minutes, I'm quitting. I'm not going to listen anymore. The clock may say I have eight minutes, but God may say I have 12. You know. Psalm 33, verse 13, it says, The Lord looks down from heaven. Everybody hear that, okay? The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation. And by it, great, its great might not, cannot rescue. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Three points, and I want, I want us to go home today being happy, being content. We do not have contentment if we're putting our hope in everything else in this world. You must put your hope in God. And, and as we're talking about Job this morning, and as we're talking about Satan, let us not forget to talk about God. Let's think about God for a moment. The first point I want us to look at this morning, if you're looking through verses 13 through 15, we, we see this point that the Lord sees all things. Guys, God is aware of what you're going through. God is aware of the problems in this world, and God is alone is the one who can bring us contentment. He's the only one that can bring peace. The Bible teaches us in Revelation that at the end times that God is going to do something awesome. He's going to do an act of redemption for us. That there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And all the former things are going to pass away. What, what's your biggest problem right now? Everybody's got biggest problems. You know, it's your health, it's your money, it's your people, whatever. We all have these problems. But one of these days, all those problems are going to pass away, and God's going to give us a new heaven and a new earth, and we get to be a part of that. Isn't that awesome? God sees all things. He knows what's going on in this world today. Verses 13 through 15, we see that he's talking about this very fact that he looks down from heaven. He sees us. He sets enthroned. Understand that God is not just some some wisp of air floating around out there. He is the king. He is God. He is enthroned. He is the creator of all things. He is over all things. And he looks down on us and he is aware. He fashioned the earth. You guys believe that? He created everything. So the Lord sees all things. If, you're, if you think God doesn't understand, he does. The second point I want us to look at as we're closing this up, the Lord is involved, and he's in charge of all things. He doesn't just see it. Some people believe that God, he's like a clockmaker. He wound the clock up, and he just let it go. No, he's involved. You know, Monday, I told you guys those people called me. I believe God impressed on their heart to call Daniel. And I wonder how much of the time that we forget that God is in control. When it seems like everything, and I, guys, i got to be honest, I know COVID's been rough this year, but I've had a lot of just stuff hit me, things hit me, 
People hit me with stuff that I never expected. People you thought that had your back or whatever and they fell down on the job. God's still there. God is still active. He's still involved. And guys, he's in charge of things. He's, he's going to do the work that is good. And so we trust in him, amen? The Lord sees all things. He's involved and he's in charge of all things. And this third point I want you to look at this morning is this very point. And this applies to the believer this morning. The Lord is aware and actively involved in the lives of his people. Not only is God aware of the political situations in this world, not only is he aware of the things that you may be going through, but guys, what I want you to understand is that God is aware of you personally, not just broad scope. He understands the desires of your hearts. He understands what you're going through. There are desires that Daniel has, things that I want to do, things that I feel God calling me to. He's aware of that. And it's the same for you. He's aware he, he hears your, your cries. He understands the pains you may be going through. And guys, don't forget the very point that he is actively involved in bringing you hope and peace and catch this, contentment. You want to know where contentment comes? It doesn't come from focusing on the bad. It comes from focusing on him. It comes from getting in his word. Quit saying that you're a believer in Jesus Christ, but yet you never crack this book open. Quit saying you're a believer in Christ, and yet you never advance the gospel. You never tell someone about Jesus. I find that sometimes in the church, we just we think everybody in southeast Oklahoma is saved, but they're not. They're not. And the ones that say they're saved, they have a very mixed up idea about what it means to be saved and what God is about. How many of you have heard bad theology in the last few weeks from somewhere? It's there. It's there. And why is it there? It's there because people get away from this. If you're listening to a preacher at home, oh, he's he or she or whatever, they're, they're so encouraging, Daniel. If they don't ever crack this word open and talk theology, that you don't need to listen to them. If they're just telling you opinion, if they're just Pointing something that, that just makes you feel good, you need to get away from that. You need to get into a study in which they're getting into the Word of God and they're letting God bless you, not them. Ministry is not about us. Ministry is not about your pastor. Ministry is about God working in the lives of people. And it's so awesome to see, you know, these, these shoe boxes. I know a lot of people are like, oh, they're just shoe boxes. No, these are like powerful tools of the gospel going out. Here in a couple weeks when we go and deliver the food to the houses, do you realize how much ministry we do that night? We go and, and literally we go into a dark town <laughs> and deliver food. Some, some weeks, man, it's, it's pretty dark, isn't it, Trampus? I mean, man, it gets pretty dark. And we're, Hopefully maybe we're trying to start a little earlier this year so we're not getting bit by dogs and stuff. But the thing is, as the church, we need to be going forth. As a church, we need to be not relying upon fear or inadequacy. Quit letting the devil lie to you. Some of us feel inadequate. Well, I can't tell anybody about Jesus. Quit, quit saying that. God has empowered you with his Holy Spirit to go forth. To go forth. Thomas Manton, I didn't put this on the slide, but I want you guys to listen to his words. Thomas Manton was a Puritan. And he wasn't just a Puritan, but he, he was someone who actually went before like Cromwell and stuff. This is in the 1630s, 1640s, something like that. He went before the crown as an advisor. 
He wasn't Church of England. He was a Puritan. And this is what he was quoted to saying. I love this, man. Everybody's always getting tattoos. This would be a good tattoo. Our salvation is free in the Father, sure in the Son, ours in the Spirit's. That first thing, that salvation is free in the Father. You guys, do you realize that anybody can be saved? Anyone. John 3.16 tells us that God loved the whole world. There's a lot of people arguing about this, that, and the other, but what I want you to understand is that we are all capable of being saved by God because he loved us all. And it's free in God. It's sure in the Son. What Jesus did on the cross, that shedding of the blood, it's a sure thing. Don't, don't ever think you can lose your salvation. Don't ever think that you can be saved and now all of a sudden you don't have salvation anymore because you went and sinned. No, God's love goes beyond that even. Your salvation is not dependent upon your works. Your salvation is dependent upon what Christ did on the cross, and it's a sure thing. And the last thing he says is ours in the Spirit, this idea that salvation is ours in the Spirit. You may feel weak today, and you may not have contentment in your life, but I want you to understand the Holy Spirit is the one that will power you through anything. Just like, just like Monday, man. I mean, I was so down, and I got phone calls. And I, I, Guys, understand, I've been in Scripture that morning too, right? I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing, and I still was going through rough times. But when God gets involved, that Holy Spirit work in your life, there's nothing like it. I think I had a little pep in my step after that. Maybe that's why I got pulled over. I'm not sure. But when you're looking here, this idea that our salvation is free in the Father, it's sure in the Son, and it's ours in the Spirit. Church today, quit walking after the things of this world. Quit neglecting the Word of God. If you want contentment, get close to God. Get close to who He is. True contentment is found in knowing Jesus. If you've lost contentment, Maybe it's time to just look at your life and evaluate. Am I really trusting God? Am I really praising Him from whom all blessings flow? Am I looking to Him as the author and perfecter of my faith? Would you bow your heads this morning? Lord, we thank You for this day. We know that You are a good and gracious God. This morning we've looked at the life of Job. He was so faithful to you. Even in the, the worst of times, he would not curse your face and, and just go his way. He wouldn't do it. He knew that you were almighty. When we look at what Satan does, he's that adversary. He's, he's that snake waiting. He's that one that's going before God himself at times and, and, and trying to knock us down. But Lord, I, I like the fact that you call us out sometimes. You say, you know what? Consider him. He's someone. Consider her. She's someone that trusts in me. Try to knock them down because I am greater in them than you, Satan. Lord, thank you for blessing us with, with salvation. Thank you for Christ and his work on the cross. And Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit that leads us, that powers us. May we look to you today. God, if there be anyone that does not know you, may they look to you today. May they believe in their heart, confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. Lord, I thank you for your word. It's not mine. Lord, I know that these words will go forth, whether it's in this place or if it's 
viewed or listened to later, God, your word will go forth and it will change the lives. May we walk in contentment, not because we are able to walk in, t- in contentment, but Lord, may we walk in contentment because you are a good and gracious God and we have looked to you, the one who makes contentment possible in your most holy name. Amen.